self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and on tiktok at adb talking and i can be found at red underscore calamity on instagram um we are still doing a listener letter portion of the show so if you have a question comment ready letter that you would like for us to respond to you can send it to our gmail account which is conversation con artist at gmail.com or you can find us on the social media we have one from colin a long one apparently colin hit us with the email hit us with the reddit letter my man <laughs> uh, that my man is a Rick and Morty references of uh, of the black postal worker. That's how he said my <laughs> man. I like it. <laughs> Episode two ninety six, election week twenty twenty two, fascism or meetocracy? <sighs> you see a comedy, did you? <laughs> I slip. Uh, meetocracy. Jesus. What is good, y'all? After some time away from writing into the show, I'm back. Shout out to Angel, Michael, etc. for writing in. I had some great comments I wanted to write in response, but it's been so long and I honestly lost a note card I was using to take my listener letter notes. So I'm just here to react to this week's show. The adoption story. Assuming that the biological parents are a hot mess, I think the adoptive parents are being a little bit too harsh with this one. Yes, as adults, we are supposed to look out for the best interests of our kids, but this is one area where withholding answers from the child could actually be more detrimental than helpful. If the biological parents are in a good place, why not ensure that the child has ample opportunity to be loved from everyone on earth who loves and cares about them and their welfare? We've seen these go the other way, though, where it can do more harm than good. I have a friend who found out his birth family, who found his birth family, and through that experience found out that he, the youngest of four brothers, was the only one given up for adoption, and that can be terrible. If the family in the Reddit post has this amazing existence, it could hurt that child tremendously to see that and wonder why me. So jury out on this one. We need more details. Let's do point by point, especially if it's long, because I'm not going to remember everything he says. Um, I mean, I, if I remember correctly, I think that the the it's just going to be the mom because the dad didn't even know that the the biological father didn't even know that the child existed. So it was just going to be mom. And I believe the poster said that the mom she was in a good place. They just didn't want to include her. It didn't sound like it was because they were concerned about her having all these issues and how it would negatively impact the child. It just kind of sounded like you know, they wanted a closed adoption and they wanted to, it to stay closed. But the thing about that is that only that only takes into consideration what you as the parent want. As that child gets older and they want to know information, because they were honest with her. She's known her whole life that she was adopted. Stays the reason at some point she was going to want to know where she came from. And I don't think they were ever prepared for that. I think they thought if they provided her a good enough life, she'd never even question it. But like, who wouldn't want to know where they, like black people who live with their family of origin for like ever still want to know where our ancestors came from. Like there's just something innate in wanting to know where you're from. So, and that's on a large scale. So imagine a child that knows that these are not my birth parents and just kind of want to, you know, 
And this all came from a, a assignment she had at school. There was an assignment that she had at school about her history. And this is what triggered all of this is that she was like, well, I want to know my history because I got to do it for this assignment. And there are a host of things that happen within the human experience that triggers the same response amongst our entire species for the most part. Um, one of those things is like when a, when a divorce happens, a kid naturally at some point blame themselves in some mm-hmm. capacity. Like, and, and this is like universal. This happens a lot. I'm not saying that there's not outliers, but this happens a lot. And so when it comes to adoptions, it's inevitable that at some point, if they know about it, they're going to ask about their parents or their past. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like at this point, even parents that are adopting, you should know this stuff. And I feel like if they didn't know it, the adoption agency should have made sure they knew it. And the yeah. adoption agency should be giving people an option to have absolutely no knowledge about that other side, period. Like, well, I think you can. It's. It, I think so. Normally, I think when people get closed adoptions, that's what they do. They don't want. I don't know why this family, because she did say they, they got the information. The family shouldn't have took that letter. They yeah. took that letter from them. Like they. They had all up, her information, phone number. They took all of this shit. Yeah, they opened up a gateway. Yeah. But, but, you know, it. Just, I, I think it speaks to another piece, because they took a letter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, maybe this will be sentimental for her one day, but they didn't think about the other side of it. They like, didn't think about the side of if this person wants to actually reach out, like I think people should be more prepared for this kind of stuff. They were not, they were not. Um, but I mean, I think at the end they did let her have some contact with the lady, uh, whether her birth mom and through uh, like, I don't think they met in person, but there was like video chats and like monitored by the by, uh, adopted parents. And so, yeah, but that's, I mean, I think that, maybe sometimes when people adopt they're just so happy because if the you know if they're adopting because of infertility issues and just an inability to have a child they're so excited that they're going to be able to have this thing that they wanted that they're not thinking about all the pieces that come with getting it in this way because that's one of the things like what happens when a kid want to know especially if they know and like i don't i don't know if i'm for not telling a child that they're adopted at some point because like i have never seen a kid find that out through other channels and it not end badly. Like they be mad as fuck when they find that shit out. And I don't know that you can adequately forever keep that. Like and the kid just never know and always think that you're their birth parents. Like I feel like something always medical come up and y'all don't have a blood man or like something always happens. And so I don't know that not telling a child that at some point when they're able to understand what it means. I don't know. Cause I feel like every time I've seen somebody learn it on the back end, They've been mad as fuck, and then they have, it it leads down this rabbit hole of a lot of undesirable shit. So I don't even know if like, I mean, I pause them for letting her know she did know she was adopted, but again, that comes with questions a lot of times. So I don't know. Adoption, that whole process is like a lot more complicated than I think people think it is. So for me, the worst case scenario is if a mama, if the mama and the daughter connected. And the mama started telling the child stuff that challenged the parenting of the adoptive parents. Yeah. And because even then, if you try to cut it off, you, you, you fucked it's up. So, like yeah. It's, it's such it's a complicated. A you can't get out of it now. Yeah. It, this is part. This is part of the reason why I I won't adopt. 
that's not an option for me. Kudos to anybody that decides that they want to do it. But th- all it is that we're talking about is part of the reason why I wouldn't do that. It's just it's it's just too much. It's hard enough to raise a child that's your biological kid and all the shit that comes with that. But this added on top of it, like I'm cool for me personally. I, I don't have any desire to do that. <clears throat> I just don't. I don't care about. I don't know who wants to be parents for the sake of parenting. I don't think they know what it actually, what parenting actually is. You know, like just to want to adopt to be a parent. Like, okay, I don't know. If you want to adopt for humanitarian reasons because the earth need people to adopt kids, if that's the thing, then great. That's, I, I respect that. And you willing to take on the challenge of it because of that. But parenting, just to be a parent, I don't know why anybody would do that. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a father. Like, it, if it ain't in the stars for you to be a father, like, in terms of having your own children, I don't know, maybe this is controversial. Especially for a therapist that work with kids. This has been in the fucking system to be saying, but <laughs> they've been asking me to be a foster parent for so long, and I'm like, oh, oh I see how y'all do people. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like okay. it, you're not just adopting a child, you're adopting a system too. Yep. Um at least at the beginning. Adoption will allow you the latitude at some point to have your close family. Fostering? Hell no. You're adopting a whole system of kids that uns- feel like they were kidnapped, mind you. <laughs> yeah. For an unspecified amount of time. Cause there, so what happens with a kid that is placed in a foster home, the foster home, and they just never get adopted? I know sometimes the foster family will like adopt them legally, but like what happens if they don't want to adopt the kid and just they just stay there till they're nineteen? They get put on an adoption sheet and they spend their whole time meeting families that may want to adopt them. Mm-hmm. But if it never happens, you as the foster parent just essentially raise the child. If you keep no, them. not necessarily. You the foster parents can um, they can have a child sent somewhere else if they want to. But they don't have to keep them. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if you decide if you just keep them until they're adopted, but they never get adopted, and then you just had a kid for there so- are uh there are recurring court dates in which they everybody come to the table to find out what happened. Sometimes the Georgia the judge will order them to a group home or something. Oh shit. Um and but it's in the best interest for them to leave the foster family homes as open as possible for new kids coming in. Yeah. So at some point they send them somewhere and like a foster family is ideal. The next less ideal is a group home, especially when you look at group home outcomes. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to send her to a group home, but you know they can't. Everybody who, because then all the homes will be full of teenagers. Yeah, because the older that a child gets, the the significantly less the chance that they're gonna get adopted. Because people are looking for babies and toddlers. They're not looking for a thirteen year old. When people, it's a lot of reasonable, decent teenagers out there mm-hmm. who just came from families that hurt them. And they looking for somebody to actually treat them right. Unfortunately, the jury is out. I said that because Colin said that on his last sentence. On 
healthy foster families because some of them are as trash as the as other family of origin. Worse. Yeah. Like True. imagine you come from a family where you were able to eat as much as you want in the household. They never locked up snacks or food. The only issue is that your parents were uh, physically abusive, but you go into a foster family where you don't get physically abused, but they lock all the food up and you can't, you know, eat when you want to. And they make you ask for stuff to eat and you're not really a big asker. And so you're not asking for things when you're hungry. Like it, it can be replaced with other traumas very easily. Yeah. Don't move to the next piece. He got like folded pieces, so it's like broken off into sections anyway. Okay. Kid, kids feeling old in games. First, yes, kids will remind you that you're older or more seasoned experiences, as I prefer, very quickly. I was at a grocery store in Seattle earlier this year, and the clerk, a young woman, needed help from a manager to key in an item that I had that was new that didn't have a sticker. The exchange went something like this. Girl, oh, thanks, manager. Now I know, manager. And knowing is half the battle. Me, hey, like in G.I. Joe, manager, yeah. Me, have you seen G.I. Joe? They used to always have a life lesson at the end, and they say knowing is half the battle. It was from the 80s. Girl, oh, wow, that was forever ago. I was born in 2004. God damn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shit. So, yeah, one thing I've noticed, though, amongst me and my friends is that as parents, we're trying to revive a lot of things from our 1980s, 1990s <laughs> upbringing, but minus the problematic parts of stuff from back then. I think millennials are, by and large, working hard to raise cultured, well-educated, kind children, but with less screens, less tech, et cetera, at least in my circles. So what's old is new again, and we still know a thing or two that these TikTok kids don't know. For gaming, Harvestella looks cool. Might check it out. I wish I, I wish it had a demo. I recently started playing God of War Ragnarok as it released on PS5 yesterday, and I can already tell it's going to be a masterpiece. At Red, the developer-creator of Stardew Valley is also working on his next game now called Haunted Chocolatier. So if you like slice-of-life experiences, I think you'll be intrigued by that one, too. So Harvestella, well, on the Switch, Harvestella has a demo. I don't know where you're trying to play it at, Carla, but it does have a demo on Switch because I played it. Um, it's okay. I don't know. I, it's sixty dollars, and I, I played it and did not feel like I would pay sixty dollars to play it. At some point in the future, when it's not that expensive, I might try it out. Right now, because I, I don't, you know, I, I get, <laughs> I get in the cycles of things. So right now I'm on like this cozy gaming farming uh, life simulation outside of the Sims kind of shit. And I'm playing uh, My Life at Porsche. And I know they have My Life at Sandrock that's in um, early access, but that's only on PC. And so I, I will wait until because I, I want to play My Life at Porsche anyway first. I've been enjoying it so far. And then I'm waiting on Stardew Valley. I mean, not Stardew Valley, uh, Dreamlight Valley to get the next big update because I've done all the quests for it and that's what I am playing now um mostly my life at Portia um religiously I like very briefly picked up Animal Crossing because like every month there's new stuff that you can get and I've not played the game for like the full year because it works on like real time so like this is my first November. This is my first December coming up. And so the new stuff that you can get in those months, I've not experienced yet. So I'll get on there every now and then just to kind of see what's new. But playing these other games that have like questing um, 
pieces to them and like little battles you can do it makes animal crossing feel a lot less fun because you can't do as much stuff on it but uh check if i know you have a switch call and harvestella does have a demo on switch because i downloaded and played it um i don't know about the other consoles but it's like an anime version of all of that and i don't know i just didn't yeah it didn't move me (laughs) personally but Especially not for sixty dollars, but that's just you know my opinion. So that's what I'm playing now. So I just started playing God of War, not Ragnarok, the last God of War, because I saw Ragnarok had released, and I I don't have a PS5 yet. I have not been able to find one. I put all my energy into finding the Xbox, and then I was just like, I'll get a PS5 when I can. But Black Friday, I'm not gonna get one for cheaper than any other time at Black Friday. Nah. Um, and the bundles I've seen is going to have God of War Ragnarok with it. So it seemed like I'd be able to get that game for relatively low cost or free with also an extra controller. So I'm going to do that. But I've been playing the old God of War now and I'm replaying it. I'm also playing it on PC. So I'm starting over because I sold my PS4 when I came here. So I'm playing it on PC. Um, And we already know that game is is amazing. So I know God of War Ragnarok is going to be amazing. They're going to be able to make like like I think what they did with God of War is real smart because God of War now if you don't know Red is with the main character from all the God of War series which been going on since early 2000s. I played I played one of the God of Wars, but it was a while ago on one of the older systems. I I forgot which one it was. I played one of them. Well, the new ones is with him and his son. I I I remember because there was like a whole controversial I don't I haven't played it but I saw the clip of like he killed a deer or something in front of the kid Mm -hmm. Uh, whichever one that was that's my last like interaction with a god of war was that clip from that (laughs) I saw an article yesterday that said for all the animal lovers out there the first 20 minutes of god of war Ragnarok is rough Meaning they're probably going to be killing animals and stuff. So I'm yeah. Gonna, but, you know. Um. <laughs> I don't care about, like, animals being killed. But on my life at Portia, it's, again, it's a, one of those games where you have to... I I looked at No Man's Sky. I don't know. The 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 uh, space part of it really kind of... Mm, but I am getting into those kind of games where you're, like, collecting all of this different stuff so you can do this and build this and, and all of that. But my life at Portia, you kill animals for different things, fur, meat. But they made these, like, cutesy animals that make these, like, really cutesy, awful sounds when you kill them. And it makes you feel fucking terrible. Why do they have to sound like that? So then it makes me not want to go fucking kill them because it's, like, they make the worst sounds. It's awful. I hate it so much. You know what? But I need this meat. I gotta get this meat and this fur. They just want to feel how it actually happens in real life. Your first kill is hard, and at a certain point, you'd be like, "Hey, little buddy, come bring your ass here. Just choke him and then get the meat." They just make this. It's awful. Hate it. And generally, I don't give a fuck, but it's because the sounds they make. But I think God of War is probably more realistic with their animals. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I mean, the beginning of the other one, like. Yeah. yeah, you kill a deer and then you go kill a boar like you killing animals and they make it look they make it look real. It's a father trying to teach a son how to do some shit. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting deeper into the uh 
roguelike genre. I told y'all I like the roguelike genre. It's like a it. game called Last Stand Aftermath. And so basically it's a zombie survival game where you have to stop in different neighborhoods to collect gasoline while all of these different zombies are trying to harm you. Gasoline, resources, guns, mm-hmm. tape, all kind of stuff where you can craft items from. Um, and all you're trying to do is get enough gas to get to the next neighborhood, all to get to a, a radio tower that you have to go to. Um, and every time you make it further, you get more resources and stuff to take back to the colony. But at some point, you're going to die. But when you die, they send a team to go get the car and all the things you collected, and they take it back. And another colony member goes and continues your journey, basically. I um, can't get with Ro- I like progression. And I don't feel it in roguelites because I know you get to keep the stuff you collected, but like I don't like having to like. And I know they like change it up, but I just don't like it. I I, I like I gotta feel progression. The progression is in a different place. The progression is not in the journey. The uh, progression is in the accumulation of items and skills. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's and, not a but but it doesn't when you see it it doesn't look like progression and yeah. I that's and I think the issue with me is the way I get burned out on games is that if I don't see progression fast enough I'm out and a lot of games they determine when the progression happens they determine when you're gonna f- discover this next weapon mm-hmm. they discover when you, when you're gonna uh, find this special key it's like for everybody they're gonna have the same experience but when it comes to rogue lights. I mean, I just like the fact that, like, all of that is on me and on how much exploring I do and how far I get. So it's less about uh, seeing the progression, but more about knowing that I'm impacting the progression. I think yeah. that's what what the rogue lights do for me. So I like I like I'm I'm steadily finding tr- trying to find new and better rogue lights. They actually got a open world rogue light coming out that look kind of like Zelda ish. Mm-hmm. And where the main character, like, it's named something after a, a bird, a raven, maybe. But the main character can, like, jump in the air and just fly around. Jump in the air, turn into a raven, and fly around the map. It looked like it's going to be a good game, regardless of whether it was roguelike styled or not. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's one of those games where when you start the game, you can run right up to the boss and fight him. You know, um, you're going to die. But, or you can... um. What you're supposed to do is spend a bunch of time going and gathering weapons and gathering power-ups and skills and then go fight the boss. But it's like just that kind of open-world concept where you know you know where the big man at. Come holler at me if you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, um, you know, he said that millennials are working hard to raise the culture children with less screens and less tech. And... I don't know if that's a gift or a curse in a society that's becoming overtly more tech and screen based. Right. Yeah. But I think he means at home, right? Like there is not a way to shit out of the time. And I'd be like, okay, there is not a way for you to completely keep your kids from being involved in tech. Like it's just not, it's too big of a part of our society. Well, I think he's talking more about like not allowing a child to just be on a tablet all the fucking time when they at the house. And don't do nothing else. Well, I guess what I'm thinking is, should should parents put their children in like low level coding systems early now? Like, even if it ain't 
um screens because for leisure if it's uh screens for education like my my sister tricked me and my sister used to trick me into buying the most shit christmas gifts for my niece <laughs> Um, because it's stuff that she wanted my niece to have, and it wasn't stuff my niece wanted. Mm-hmm. She's old enough to tell me what she wanted. Now, but my sister had me buy a Minecraft, buy Minecraft for her, but before the child could play Minecraft, they had to code it themselves. Um, but because they could code it themselves, they could also change the things about the characters. So if a kid really got into it, then that would be you know, something that would be valuable for the child. Um, but the thing is, you know how a lot of us naturally gravitate towards, some of us naturally gravitate towards outside things, some of us naturally gravitate towards inside things. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us naturally have the brains to understand coding and the vastness of it, and some of us have the understanding, to, the uh, the mind to understand plants and how to grow them. We all have a, an affinity towards something. And I think mm-hmm. that, I think that in the society where we are really intentional about not letting kids have screens, I think some parents are going to be overlooking that child who would gravitate towards the inner workings of that if they introduce the child to some of the inner workings of how that system works. Not necessarily just um, watching TV on the screen all the time, but actually using the screen for the child to understand how this system works in a society where they can fit in with that knowledge at some point. I mean, if that were true, then the technology wouldn't exist. Like, we all came from a, a time where this none of this existed, and there were people who had an affinity for it that made all of the stuff that we have now possible. So I don't think that, again, it didn't sound like he's saying he cuts it off. He's just saying that he makes stuff. Because there are parents that that is all the child does. From the time that they get here, they sit them down with a tablet, Cause it it keeps them quiet, and so these kids know how to do more shit on like phones and shit than we do. Well, I mean, and I, I, I think always, you start making it more balanced instead of just technology based completely. And I don't expect that from somebody like Colin, because I'm sure Colin and all of his friends are very reasonable people who understand what balance looks like and things of that nature. Um, what I'm saying is that there's a host of parents that exist that's like we gonna stay away from this because we don't like this. That that whole generation of people about what's wrong with y'all is y'all always in front of them screens. Like, I feel like it's way less of them and more people who just sit kids in front of a screen to let the screen watch them than it is parents I, that like I mean, take all a of those parents point. are the same. Like all of those parents, like all of those parents are their own versions of problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The the ones that be like y'all all these screens and the ones who let their kids just sit in front of screens all the time. You know, but I think there is is I think there is intentional sitting in front of screens because even with what Colin's saying. It could just mean you you leisurely watch the screens half of the time as everybody else, but there's nothing being done to really help you understand the workings of the tech world. But a parent got to know how to do that, too, to be able to no, do no, that. No, they don't. No, they don't. It's the same thing as when these adults be having their phones and a kid that's two years old come grab the phone and press stuff and do stuff that they don't know. The adults that's don't have to know that stuff. the kid has been with the phone for a long enough time for them to just get that because that that's what they've been doing. I'm just saying that to dispute the notion that a parent has to have the knowledge for a kid to have the knowledge. Kids are surpassing parents because of that. And I think that parents don't have to know about that to give a kid a system that will allow them to learn something that the parent either ain't capable of learning or ain't interested in learning. 
that the kid could be getting the foundational knowledge of. That's all I'm saying. I ain't challenging nobody or saying that anything is wrong. But I've met parents, like I met this woman at uh in Birmingham. She she gave me a, one of her books for free. I told her I had a YouTube channel, but I don't I had not recorded nothing on it at the time. If she had asked me, I would have told her I didn't record nothing on the time. She should have asked me how many followers I got and how many videos I do. But she gave me the book for free and said, hey, you should review this. And I didn't feel like I should say I don't have no followers. And so it's not likely that I'm going to review this book anytime soon. But basically, they don't, they they let their child, they, they've diagnosed that the problem in society is that there's too much technology. And so they don't let their child see any screens. Like, they don't want him to know that screens exist, basically. You know? Which is, that's unrealistic because unless you go homeschooling, that's not possible. I know. Well, <laughs> that's I'm what I'm saying. saying. Like in this day and age, it's just not. It's not unless you're gonna like put your kid in a bunker and like keep them away from the rest of the world. It's not possible. It just isn't. Not let them have no friends and never let them go to their friends' houses. And there's no way to keep your kid from being involved in technology in 2022. It just isn't. But and and I'm also I'm also referencing a parent's responsibilities because clearly you can't put a parent you can't put a child in everything no. at the very beginning of their life right Mm-mm. and so some people while I'm saying hey you should introduce them to coding early in their life some parents are gonna introduce them to piano early in their life some people are gonna introduce to them to sports early in their life so I guess it depends on the parents' priorities too because if you truly don't care about screens. You're not gonna be like what you you gonna say? What's the point of teaching them this kind of stuff? But um, I guess what kind of it's just a question of what kind of future we gonna have and how do people who aren't technology inclined gonna fit into that world? Uh, and what can kids do now or we do early to become more acclimated to that? I don't know what's gonna happen to take us to the next level. But, you know, it's always been some big point in time where shit shifted drastically, you know, in the world. You know, like, motherfuckers went from picking cotton with their hands to the cotton gin and light bulb was being out here. You know what I'm saying? That turned into, you know, at some point, like, motherfuckers were using horse and buggy and and it turned into the damn car being out here. And I wonder what the next thing for us is going to be for the future. Anyway, running with that. Next, super dad story. Okay, first of all, why does this person have a bench warrant out for his arrest? And for what? <laughs> I'm not sure it's for the car. How would he have a bench warrant out for a car he can't register? Second, his story changes twice. He only needed his tags covered, but then wants his dad to register a car in his name while he has a bench warrant out for his arrest? If we take this story at face value, snapping and hanging up the phone is immature coming from a parent. That said, I think there are way too many things missing here in the story for us to make a judgment either way. How do we know that for 20 years the dad wasn't the best superest dad ever? I'm going to have to agree with Mr. On Point on this one. This story has way too many gaps. To Red's question, giving him a hard time about the signature, we don't know so much else in this entire story. Assuming that the kid is in the right as the, and the dad is being an asshole is a bridge too far for me, at least. For the warrant, he's already fucking up. Rule number one is do not speak to anybody unless you have a lawyer. Rule number two is refer back to rule number one, period. Listeners. If you have a warrant out for your arrest and you believe you are the suspect of even a subject of a criminal investigation, shut the fuck up and hire a defense attorney. <laughs> if someone promises you, you can say whatever and it's cool, especially cops do not believe them, shut the fuck up and hire a defense attorney. <laughs> hey, that's coming from the lawyer, y'all. <laughs> that's coming from the lawyer. He knows. 
It'd That's hilarious. T- bro, it'd be TikTok people on here. Lawyers saying the same shit. Do not talk to no police. Yeah. But man, I don't even know what I'd do in a situation where the cops is asking me questions. Because it was another video on TikTok where this dude said that because he know he didn't do the crime, he talked to the police. He And he said, you know, the police always be like, you know, uh, if you didn't do nothing, you had nothing to worry about. And so he's like, we'll just go down to the station. And he agreed. He went with him. He got locked up for a week. Hell and no. a crime pinned on him for it. Just because he said that he was in the area of what they was talking about. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I feel like if cops are being aggressive and if they look at you like they're going to take something, I feel like they're going to have to scrub my face on the ground and get me. <laughs> I don't think I, I'm not going with them. I'm not going with them on, on my own recognizance. I'm not they, like I'm gonna be like, listen, I know how these situations go, y'all. I didn't do it, but I feel like y'all are going to take a chance on it being me one way or the other. But I'm not getting in that police car yeah, <laughs> on my own no. wheel. No, I'm not getting in that not. police car on my own wheel. No. I told y'all I didn't do it. Uh, I don't think y'all have the probable cause to assume that I've done it. Because I didn't do it, so it ain't possible that the probable cause exists. Now, if you're assuming that I may have done it, then not having the evidence from me still doesn't give you the right. But see, all of that shit can be right. I can know my rights. And if the police want to take me down, they're just going to take me down. So they're going to have to take me down. They're going to scrub my face on the ground, goddamn. <laughs> Maybe I can get an extra 100000 out of the situation. <laughs> I hope they ain't mad at something. I hope they just punch me just because they got to in the moment. Look, so really quickly, there was there's a story out of Colorado. Have you seen this? This lady. So I'm not sure what all happened. Okay, what I know is there were two police officers transporting a Hispanic lady in the back of their police car that they had arrested for some reason. So she's in the back of the police car with her hands in handcuffs. Car stalls on a train track or it stops on a train track. They're on a train track. Train is coming. These motherfuckers get out of the car and leave her in it. And the train hit the police car with her in it. I did see that. She didn't die. She's very, very badly injured. But I'm just like, y'all left this lady in handcuffs in the back of a police car where you cannot get out. Those doors lock from the outside so you can't get out once they put you in you just in there so like she handcuffs and can't even get to the door but even if she could get to the door y'all literally just left her in the back of a car to get hit by a goddamn train what and on the video it shows that there was enough time for them to get her out they just (laughs) they just ran away they ran away and let let her get hit by a fucking train like police are just it's Uvalde. It's it's like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> I don't know. Of all, like I, <laughs> I've been I've been binge watching Titans, and ah oh man, I really like that show. It's you know, it's the teenagers of the Justice League or whatever the, the young oh, okay. group. Yeah, and Superboy, uh, in the show, he's half Superman, half Lex Luthor. I mean, he was made in a lab. Oh, like, okay. Superman's protege was made in a lab. How did that happen? Okay. Yeah, they wasn't no bareback, and <laughs> men can't get pregnant. Anyway, yeah. um, 
I feel like I don't know, man. I don't know if because my daddy crazy, so it's like me being half of my daddy and half of my mom with devout Christian. The other part of me is saying, "Damn, that's unfortunate." One part of me saying is, "This is why I will become a villain to the police officers. <laughs> I will become a villain to the police." Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to somebody's house. Like, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to hire a private detective. I'm gonna give him a list of police names, and I'm gonna say. Go do some research on these niggas. An unethical private detective that probably didn't work for the police. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna have him find out these people's names, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna wreak havoc on them. And I don't know, I don't know. It could range from it could range from um, putting poison in their yard, <laughs> or it could just be putting shit in their mailbox on top of their mail. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. It could be harmless, but it could be villainous. I don't know. But I feel like if I watch while I'm in handcuffs locked in the back of a car, police officers <laughs> running away from it while a train is coming and I knew they had time to get me, let me not have said some shit like, please get me out of here. We, we on a train I'm sure track. She please. was screaming. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Or uh, but I'm saying before we knew a train was coming. Because I mean, think about it. Do you think about how many times you've driven across a train track in which a train did not go across it at the same time? Like, it's probably a, a, a 5% rate of going to that track and there actually being a train. And this look like, because arms, like, that come down and keep you from going. So this got to be somewhere, like, rural, because those that don't have the arms is somewhere that's not, like, super developed. Um, but it's like, I'm saying that me in the back, I might not have even thought that shit. I might I might have been like, I might not have even thought that, oh, we on a train track. What if a train comes? You know, so I might not have even said something like, hey, on, you think it's a good idea for us to be on a train track, bro? Because and I don't know why they stopped. I don't know if it the car stalled. or Because I, I was assumed that the car would be stalled and you couldn't move it. Because who the fuck just stops on a train track to have a chat? <laughs> who does that? So I'm going to hope it was like some kind of issue with the car and they couldn't move it. But I don't know what why they were like on the tracks mm. for her to get hit by the car. I mean, by the train. I don't know. I, I they've been arrested. The police officers got multiple charges, attempted. Uh, I can't remember what they are, but they have multiple charges in their facing charges. But she's gonna be a very rich woman. <laughs> I mean, depending on what they are, I mean, as long as she ain't do the shit they arrested her for, and they don't got time on it, it don't matter. She, it, and I, that's what I said. It don't even matter what she did at this point. Y'all let, I mean, whatever she did ain't going to top y'all leaving her in a locked car, handcuffed, and letting her get hit by a goddamn train. Listen, it ain't going to matter. A, this is a Latino woman. If they got a smoking gun for a crime she did, she's going to fucking jail uh -huh. if she's a legal citizen. If she ain't a legal citizen, she's going back to Mexico. Um, I, so, I don't know how they could get out of If she's a legal man. Like, they not going to give you a pass for a crime. Like I don't think they're going to give her a pass, but... Unless she murdered somebody, whatever she did, she's not going to get a lot of time for it, and they're going to have to pay her, because she's going to sue. Yeah, she's going to have a lot of money on her books. <laughs> <laughs> or her cousin, whoever she leave that money to. Kids, whatever. And, and she would have had to have done something real, like, mur I don't know, I just don't. So, considering where Colin, it was. Colin, you put, can answer this question for us. Yeah. In the event that something preposterous happens with a person that's been apprehended, 
some, such as this or something similar to this, how much does it impact the thing that they did? Like, is it a situation where the system, you know, kind of like doesn't give you as harsh a penalty on that thing because of the negligence of the police? Or is that kind of behavior with the police, I don't know, make your arrest inadmissible or something like you, the fact that this happened is like, we gonna erase the fact that you got arrested. So you run while you can, bitch. <laughs> like we, we gonna come and get you, but we ain't gonna count this one or like, was she in the hospital with handcuffs on after this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Highly doubtful considering she was badly injured, like broken ribs, broken on. Like she, she was fucked up. She got hit by a train. The car flipped. It was bad. Like she was severely injured in it. She ain't going nowhere. Even if she wanted to get up and run, she can't. Bro, <laughs> you know what? I, I don't even think, I think it's more reasonable that like, if this happened to my mama or something, oh, somebody definitely got to die. <laughs> Somebody got to go. Oh, I'm sure sorry. Pissed as fuck. Yeah, I'm sure they were like, "What?" Again, the and the then it have been a wrongful arrest. Let my mama have just been black at the wrong place at the wrong time, bro. Somebody's house getting burnt down. They lucky she didn't. I Not don't by know. Me. I think I'm gonna pay a crackhead to do it. It's better for her that she didn't die because I feel like they would have made up all kind of shit had she died and just been like, you know, I don't know. I feel like it would have, she, <laughs> her being alive, I think is why they're right. even getting the penalties that they're getting. Cause she, she, she lived. So now y'all got to deal with that shit. Cause if Bro, she had died, <laughs> they would have took the handcuffs off of yep. her. They would, one of the officers would said, look, man, I need you to hit me in the back of the head like five times. <laughs> Scratch me up. Yeah, they would have. They would have like really made up some shit if she had not lived. But she's alive. And the craziest part of what we're talking about now is the the lack of faith that we have in the police. To be <laughs> honest, like ain't neither one of us considered that no police officer is good in this situation. I mean, I when I see you, how can you be? When I see that y'all have time to get the like. It's not like y'all were like, she'll get out on her own. She's handcuffed in the back of a locked car where she literally is trapped. And y'all walk the fuck away from it and watch this shit happen. You can't be good. You cannot be good in this situation. I am sorry. I don't care how many, you know, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You can have all the commendations in the world. Like, you cannot be a good person and do this shit. Like, they might as well have been one of those, like, silent film villains that would, like, wrap a bitch up in rope and just lay on the track. Y'all basically did that, <laughs> but worse, because she could maybe get up if she was just tied up in rope. Y'all put her in the back of a locked car and just left her to die. You can't be a good person. You can't be. It's not possible. I'm not giving them the benefit of any doubts on this one. <laughs> The same way I don't give anything to them Uvalde police that that stood outside and let a bunch of fucking kids get killed because they didn't want to do their gut. I no, you can't be a good person. Can't be kids. Other kids. This your job. Like people were like, you would have been scared too. Yeah, I'm not a police officer for that reason, because I don't want to do that shit. I don't sign up to do shit like that. For that reason, but they did. You can't, no, no, not acceptable. And you can't let somebody be just on the track 
and they don't have any way to like save themselves. Y'all just we're basically gonna sit there and watch a murder. Look, if you're a police officer that's scared, you need to go do fucking security for Lowe's and Home Depot after eight o'clock. Yep. Don't be out here goddamn on these streets arresting people and running from a train because you scared. <laughs> I mean, and uh, clearly, I'm scared of a train. Everybody's scared of getting hit by a train. Nobody don't want to get hit by a train before it's their time to die. Right? Mm. But you are responsible for somebody in that car that don't have no option to get away from that train. You need to go yep. and get hot to the damn car. Y'all had time. They had time. And didn't get her out. And, you know, trains don't stop. It's other. I saw, like, comments where people were like, um, you know, why didn't the train stop? Have you ever seen a goddamn train? And do you know how long all that, like, the force behind that train because of all the cars and shit? I don't know why people think that trains that are going 60 miles an hour on a track, well, not maybe not that fast, but they it can't just stop on a dime. It's way too much coming behind it. The momentum of all of that shit is just not possible. That's why they, you see that they didn't put train stops with a train stop. They put bars to keep cars from going across because it's easier for you to wait for that train to go by than to try to come up with a system to stop the goddamn train. <laughs> like, yeah. y'all are being ridiculous. Trains this is fast. nobody's fault but these police officers that left that lady in the back. Period. The train operator that had nothing to do with that. He doing his job operating the fucking train, keeping it on the tracks. Also, by the time the train sees what's going on, yep. even if it did start to stop, the amount of time it takes a train going that fast is that's heavy to stop without causing any other collateral damage because, you know, stuff on the train track, if it stopped wrong, it can dislodge the yep. other cars on the track. So it's a lot of chaos that can come from stopping on the dime like that. So you just got to follow the rules. Don't be sitting on no fucking train track and stop at the bars. The, again, that's why they created that system because it, that is easier for you to just sit there and wait and be mad because you're going to be late to church or whatever than it is to stop a whole train because the cars need to go by. Like, people use sense. But yeah, that was really fucked up. And we were talking about like just the police and making sure you have um, representation before talking to them. This is the shit. Like, this is, this don't help put like the police and public relations when people see shit like this. Like God damn. outside of this situation, it's very <laughs> few situations or conversations me and you would be having that would make me feel like I should say trust the police. Oh yeah, no. Mm-mm. You should trust that the police gonna be bullshitting your ass. Yeah. You trust trusting them in terms of what their objective is. No. Um, Nick, but, reporting. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, but she finna be a rich lady. Her, her family, somebody finna be rich as fuck. According to Professor, this one is an open and shut case, and I agree with Red entirely. This just sounds like an entitled sophomore junior student who at age 20 has precisely zero idea of how the world works. It sounds to me like our 20-year-old student has quite a bit of growing up to do. Learning is your responsibility, too. That's how college works, by and large. We call that, uh, the we call it the Thayer method at West Point, but it's the same as uh, it's the same Socratic seminar method that so many colleges and universities use. You do the reading and study and come to class prepared for intellectual discussion intended to broaden your mind. No empathy either. Maybe the 29 year old professor, um, professor or teaching assistant, graduate assistant is running on fumes and doing her absolute best to try and teach all her classes amidst some challenging personal circumstances. Empathy can go a long way, and this student has none of it, unfortunately. 
Oh yeah, that bitch. I forgot about her. She was trash. Yeah. Period. <laughs> um, wrap up body count. All I got for this is I agree with Red, and I don't listen to anybody who refers to women as females. I think there is one sliver of good advice in what she said, and that is sex should be valued. Have as much as you want, but treat it as something of value. Play safe with consent only. I also believe in quality over quantity. I'd rather have 25 fire-ass partners in my life than 2,500 mids, LOL. <laughs> Body count only matters in a conversation with Nick Cannon, LOL. That's all for this week. Talk to you guys soon. Colin. He's still making babies. He on 12 now. Did you know Elon Musk had 10 kids? Is it him or his dad? Elon I think Musk has 10 kids. Who? I know he just had the two with the singer that I don't know. But I didn't know he had other kids. I knew his dad was out here fucking around doing on that. Eight to ten kids. One on online. One of them said eight. One of them said ten. Oh, I did not but know I was that. going through looking That's at his eye. He terrible. got a lot of kids. Um, I didn't know he had that many kids. That whole Twitter thing is fucking so stupid. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it is. Um, what yeah. I was uh, yeah, definitely. <sighs> The issue in this whole body count conversation is that men are telling women to value sex while men don't have to value it. And but men the women also, are having sex with the women. Yeah, and but <laughs> what, what men don't understand in this rhetoric, how much they're saying that we really ain't worth shit. Like men are so hell-bent on controlling women and how much they have sex. We're only admitting that we are these um, beasts that are 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 uh, innately desire sex and just want to have it, and we can't control ourselves. So y'all got to value it, and y'all got to tell us no because we think so fucking little of our own fucking self and our sexualities and shit. And I, I'm like, bro, we we can't keep implying that we ain't worth shit either <laughs> in these conversations <laughs> because that's what's happening. Yeah, don't like it. Stupid. But this is uh, we got a we also got a uh, Reddit okay post from TikTok from Colin um, okay and we also <laughs> got one about dating but I'm gonna do the Reddit post one first um this one for last week Colin you covering the whole show this week buddy yep my 44m wife 43f no longer wants intimacy and says I should go elsewhere if I do. Every six months or so I would ask if she was ready to start talking about being intimate again. Every time I asked this caused a fight. It wasn't until June of this year when I started to realize, except maybe is better, that she was most likely never going to be attracted to me again. And our romantic partnership was most likely over. It was my birthday weekend and I jokingly asked for a birthday kiss at the end of the night. We had a great day and we were acting like silly teenagers, so I thought it would be okay, it was not. The next few days we talked about the state of our marriage, and she said that she would most likely never be intimate with me again and that it was time to make some changes and open our relationship so that I could have it if I wanted it. Initially, I said no, because sex is not the only thing I was missing. I was missing all aspects of physical intimacy, but more importantly I was missing those things from her specifically, and that if I just needed to wait, then I would wait. Since then, we have had some honest conversations about things and I am confident that she truly does not feel any attraction for me anymore. She wants, we both do, to stay married because, look, 25 years, and all the things that live with us, kids, her dad, dogs, cats, chickens, and not only that, we are truly best friends. 
We love one another still and even without romance, we are good together. That said, without the romance I am more and more lonely every day. It is something I need in my life, and she knows this, which is why she said I could see other people. While I am accepting of the loss of our relationship, I am not ready to find someone else. I would not even begin to know how if truth be told. I've been with my wife since I was 19. 1997. I think of all that has changed since I last asked someone out on a date and I am at a loss. I am fairly fit. I run every day. But I have no real self-confidence or sense of feeling attractive after the years of what feels like rejection. A few weeks ago, taking what she said was her rules about me finding another romantic outlet, as long as it doesn't impact the family, I went out of my way to find a basketball game, essentially I have not been able to play for a bit over a decade for, reasons, but I figured rather than go find a some random woman to hook up with, I would try to do something else I was missing for myself. I spent an hour or two calling around and finding a pickup game that was during a time we are normally just watching TV, so, not during any time I would be working, taking care of the kids or working on house projects. I told her, and she said no. I can't go because adding another thing was going to be too much for me and take away from the family, which, is really frustrating. It seems pretty clear that if I cannot even go play basketball, the likelihood of her being okay with me going on a date is pretty much zero. My f Damn. Damn. Let me, okay. <clears throat> Let me not come out too hot. Um, you have to me a responsibility to be open and honest with your partner it is not fair to just tell somebody we ain't doing this and get mad at them when you're not giving them you're not having a conversation you're not giving them a re ye ye for months and years like that's crazy you can't that to me that's not fair like her just cutting it off and not being and if she wasn't ready i would give her that but like this went on for like it sounds like more than a year that's unreasonable and it's unfair to him. Um, and yeah, if she getting upset about him going to try to do something for himself, like playing fucking basketball, he she's not gonna be okay with him fucking no bitch. She she she's just she's not at all. She's not going to be. I hate when I hear people say, Well, I don't wanna walk away. It's been so X amount of years. That to me is ridiculous. And this comes from my own trauma, mind you, and watching my parents do this shit and watching them be fucking miserable with each other for years under the guise of we've been together for so long. You really so 25 years of misery. You OK with it being 50 years of misery? That's never time is never enough of a reason. It just isn't. I'm sorry. You know, you. Because you feel like if you walk away, then it's going to be wasted time. It's not. You got kids. Y'all have built a life. You had good times. You got you gained things from the time that you were in that relationship. That doesn't mean that you have to just fucking stay in it. You're not obligated to do that. I'm not saying that you all need to split up or whatever. But I'm saying don't say you ain't going to split up because it's been 25 years. I don't give a fuck about that. It Because 25 years of badness, 50 years of badness. Like, which one? You know, I just don't understand that. Um, Sir. Oh, this, it's just sad. His oh. okay. She she's clearly there's some problems with how she's throwing the situation up. My issue is that she's created a scenario where everything works for her, like yep. period. Everything worked for her, and I think that she knows that he don't have the self esteem and the self confidence 
to really jump out there. Like, I think that she created this system based off of who he is. Being rejected for a year by the woman you love like, and her finding she, you disgusting is making everything. <laughs> she gets to keep the, exactly how the family look. She gets to not have sexual intimacy and engagement with him. Um, while she said he can go out, she still get to control how him going out looks. Hell no. But this is why divorces should be, be, be messy and hard. You know, this man is finna sit in this system because what's gonna hurt the system greater is if he don't get these things that he needs from somebody and he goes into a depression and now they gotta figure out how to manage this, you know? Well, he gonna have to figure it out because get, given her track record, she ain't gonna give a fuck about him being depressed. She's just gonna make him feel bad about that. You don't even do it. Like, she just well, gonna... Well, you know, if, if, if it impacting the family makes as much of a difference as she say it is, you know, when he ain't going to events and ain't doing stuff, like him going to a basketball game is enough to impact the family, which means that him missing a basketball game should be enough to impact the family. And if he's in a depressive state in which he's missing events, not taking people places, if she cares about the family, that would be just as significant as him saying, I want to go play this pickup game. If that was the case, I think that it didn't have anything to do with the family. I think it had, that was her way of guilting him out of going to do something that she didn't want him to go and do. Because if y'all had this long conversation about him finding other people, that takes time. That takes getting to know somebody, which is going to take you away from the house. And you agreed to that. But now when he does, and it's not even to go on a date, it's to go play a fucking basketball, a pickup basketball game. I don't think she give a fuck. I don't know if she don't care about the family, but I don't think that that's truly why she said that. I think that was just another method of her controlling what he was going to do. Like, you can't do that. You can't go do that. The family needs you. It's a pickup basketball game. Y'all will be okay for a couple of hours. You've already agreed to let him go out and do things with women. And what, how, when do you expect that he's going to do that? Reasonably, that means that he is not going to be there at some point and sometimes in order for him to establish a relationship outside of you. That's what you agreed to. That's what you said he could do instead of bugging you about fucking him. So, and she you, literally identified him going to play basketball as him adding another thing. Uh, another person ain't another thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> or what he need? Like, is it okay for him to do some strange for a piece of change? Right? <laughs> hey, finna go down to the hotel and bang the local lady. We ain't gonna do it. Nobody gonna find out. I made sure that's the case. But that's what I'm going. You think she is she gonna say yes to that? No, she's definitely not gonna. And she gonna say. Again, I think she's using the family as a weapon against him. I don't think I, I'm not gonna say she don't care about her family in general, but in that moment, it was not about the family. That was about keeping him from doing something she didn't want him to do. She's been doing that, keeping him from doing things that she don't want him to do by guilting him. That's her weapon of choice. It's guilt. It's so making him feel bad for asking her about having sex. Make for even a kiss on his fucking birthday, you flip out on him. Ma'am, that's not reasonable. That's not you can't do that. No. That's terrible. And it makes me wonder, like, sometimes people, because they become accustomed to something, again, I, I say this to my clients all the time, normal is whatever you're accustomed to. Normal is not good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. Your normal is whatever it is to you. And some people's normal is unhealthy. And so it makes me question what the 25 years have been like, because, like, I don't see her drastically shifting and becoming this person. 
like I feel like she's been this person and maybe now it's crossed over into this like realm but I, I highly doubt that this is she hasn't been this way in other forms throughout this relationship I just, I can't imagine she just woke up and, and flipped a fucking switch after you know 24 years and now uh, it, here we are a year later of you doing it I just don't believe that um, and that's, that's that's from the age of 19 that's fucking sad, bro. But again, I am not, I don't, I hate when people say, but I've put so much time into it. If it, if it ain't working, it ain't working. Okay. If you got a car that you've been working on and you can't never get that motherfucker to run, eventually you're going to just sell that shit for parts and, and buy a new car. You're not going to just keep keeping it and say, I put so much work into it when it no longer benefits you, when it no longer um, makes sense, then you don't fucking keep it. You don't do that with anything else. I don't know why people feel like they had to do that shit with relationships. I just, and again, I am very aware that this is my own trauma speaking, <laughs> but I've just witnessed people be very miserable and just stay just because. And I, I don't, why? Life is too short for that shit. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. That shit is crazy to me. I Look, I've told almost everybody that I've engaged with, at, at least at a certain point of enlightenment in my life, that I'm not staying in a relationship I'm not happy in, and I don't expect you to. So it don't make sense. If you're not happy, by all means, let me know and leave. I'll figure that shit out. But if I'm not happy, I'm not going to stay somewhere that I'm, I'm miserable and my life is the, feels like a decline. I'm just not. Right? I don't care what we got going on at that point. We'll figure that shit out, figure out how to meet in the middle. But, like, I'm not going to meet at your 100 and I'm at zero. Yeah. Like you proposing that shit gonna make me feel like you don't even respect me, and it's gonna make me go harder in the other direction. Hey, I'm gonna turn the family against your ass now. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, but that's what my brain would tell me. That's what that evil part of my brain would say. Turn the family against her, Eddie. Make a fucking wish she never disrespected you like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't even respect me enough to figure out what courtesy looks like for me in that situation. Like a woman can always tell me no to sex. Like I'm never, I'm never going to expect it. But there are things that come from sex that, if it's not being met for me, a, a serious conversation need to be had about whether you can ever meet that for me again. It's just this a period of time where we can't meet. You know, you can't meet that for me. Um, or is this something that you seek, you want to recover from? And in this, she clearly was like, "Nope, I'm done. I ain't doing yeah. none of that shit with your ass." So at the point that you tell me that, I have to go seek these things from somewhere else. And for you to issue. expect me not to seek them, you know what I'm saying? And for you to pretend like it's okay for me to seek them and then disrupt it, nah. We got a bigger problem now. Because you, was, you don't even, you don't, you're being disingenuous. That was my main, like, you, you don't. I'm all for people and consent and people being able to to decide whether or not they want to have sex. And I'm not saying that as a wife, you have to have sex with your husband whenever he wants to. However, when an extended period of time goes on, a conversation needs to be had. What's going on? Is it, are, is, are you sick? Are you just not feeling like we need to have a talk? You, you need to be able to talk to your partner and just saying no and getting mad and never explaining and never having a conversation about it is unreasonable. That's unreasonable because she wouldn't accept that shit from him. If he just started doing shit differently from what he had been doing and didn't want to give an explanation and just expected her to accept that shit, she wouldn't. She would not. She would be pissed, as would anybody. 
And so that needs to be a conversation that should have been had well before now. And it don't sound like, cause he didn't mention it. She never even really gave a reason other than to say, I just ain't doing this no more. So you need to go find somebody else. Is it, did she lose attraction for him? Like what happened? What's going on? We, I need an understanding of what, what's going on from my wife, from the person I'm sharing my life with. This ain't a bitch off the street. This ain't his side bitch that decided she don't want to do this anymore. This is his wife. That's your husband. Y'all need to have a conversation. Like, no, that's, man, listen. Sir, that sounds like a terrible situation. And that, you know, it is harder when there's kids involved. But, like, people who think that, again, I come from a two-parent household. My parents have both been in the household my entire life, and that shit was trash. Okay, it was awful. All right. I had to go outside of my home to learn the way that a home is supposed to look. So, like, just having two parents in the home, I'm not with that shit. I don't give a fuck who disagrees with that. Just having two bodies in the house that's a mom and a dad does not mean that that is a good situation for those kids. And staying together for the kids when shit is not good doesn't make sense. And it can be detrimental in its own way. Period. Men expecting sex just to have sex even if they partner don't necessarily want it, but because they are man and, and women supposed to give men sex, that's if a woman's willing to do that and live that kind of existence, that's fine. But I don't know if it's a kink type thing or not, but I, I get a really high value for knowing that the partner that I'm with wants to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do, as I continue my story, I'm going to do something else. I'm, I want to, I'm going to, instead of saying masturbate, I'm going to create new language that means masturbate. The new language is reformat my hard drive. I'm going to mess up that lingo for anybody who's listening. Um, But if my partner does not want to have sex, but I need a release, I'm going to reformat my hard drive. Like, I would rather do that. I'd rather reformat my hard drive than to have sex with somebody who is just like, I'm tired. I don't want any. Okay, come on. I don't want that sex. <laughs> I don't want that sex, period. Another one is, you know, when we're talking about consent in a video, they had a video on TikTok about this where this dude was like, a woman, uh, a man, if, if a man asks you for sex while he's at your place and you say no, that is not coercion. And he leaves. That is not coercion. And that's right. If a man thinks that sex is going to happen when he comes to your spot and you say no and he leaves, that's not coercion. That's a dick thing to do, but it's not coercion. However, there is a version of that that is coercion. When the man is using him leaving as a way to get you to change your mind. And usually that kind of tactic is done with people that have lower self-esteem and people that you've like, you know, built up a relationship enough with where they want to spend time with you. And you make having sex seem like a condition for getting that time. And somebody who values that time may oblige. That is coercion. Um, I don't know why you would want that sex after that. Like, I don't know why you would want the sex where a person says no and then changes and says yes. I don't know why you would want sex if you had to convince somebody to give it to you. I, maybe, I don't know if most men are like that, 
or if for me it's just a kink type thing where it's like I really want consent from my partner. I really want them to enjoy it and want it too. I don't know, but that whole thing is kooky to me. You know, so I do respect him as a man who is not going to try to drag sex out of his partner and who's not going to like, you know, make sex the biggest deal about it. But again, sex as a physical act for me is not as important as the things that come along with it, affection and intimacy. And it's one thing if you have a problem with affection and intimacy and sex. But once you're done saying I ain't attracted to you no more, I'm going somewhere else, shouting. I got to. I can't be in this environment. And and it's not because of me. It's because of you. Because as, as soon as he say, I can't be in this situation, I'm going to leave, then her whole thing going to be like you impacting the family. You, 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 you. You know? And yeah. I'm not even sure if people would like take the man's side in the context of because the, the rhetoric is going to be he's leaving me because I won't have sex with him. <laughs> That's probably what the rhetoric gonna be. That's what she'll say. As manipulative as she is, yeah. like she oh, can yeah. say, "Well, you know, we, uh, we just drifted apart." It, it's a lot of things you could say where it seems to be, you know, a mutual understanding that we both kind of went. But I, I feel like no. she's the kind of person that I'm putting on him. She gonna paint him as a villain. His sure. actions be what impact the family. She gonna paint him as a villain for sure. She a hundred percent gonna paint him as a villain. Yeah, you do that to the wrong person, they're going to show up with Joker makeup on saying, you wanted a villain? <laughs> you got one. <laughs> <laughs> so set that house up like Saul. He might not want to go down the stairs today. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Teen Titans, so, you know, clearly my reference is going to be um, DC until I see Black Panther in a little bit. That's hilarious. Oh, I no spoilers, but go fucking see it. If you were a fan... If you were saddened by Chadwin Bozeman's death, they do a good job of giving some, like, the closure you can get as a person that didn't fucking know him. It's nice. It was really good. Um, Would suggest it 100%. You know what? Um, I didn't know Chadwin Bozeman had beaten cancer once. And he was so confident that he was going to beat it again that he just didn't tell nobody. He was that confident that he was going to beat it again. He kept operating as normal, thinking that he was going to beat it. Just didn't. Cancer is a bitch, man. Like, and it's so unpredictable. It's just unpredictable. There are people who get cancer the first time and they progress quickly to stage four and they die. And then there are people that could go into remission and they live a whole ass life with just here and there. Like, it's just, you just, it's unpredictable. You just don't know. Um, and I don't even like I care. Like I said, like when like when Betty White died, you know, it was kind of like, damn, you know. But when Chad, when I saw that Chadwick Bozeman had died, like that shit, I don't know. I still to this day don't know why it saddened me the way that it did. Um, but that shit hurt. That was terrible. Um, and it's terrible, you know, knowing how much he was suffering and still trying to like continue on with life. Like you just don't going through. There are people that like will sold any fucking thing and you'll never know it. So be kind to people. You just don't know. You know. Um look, man, we at the time limit that we've set for the show now. I told you Colin, you was gonna take us through the show. <laughs> um Unless there's a letter you want to do read, um, 
I had one. I'm going to save it. I'll have to screenshot it because it's about parenting and I know that's your vibe and I feel like you're going to have a lot to say. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll save it. Look, if y'all, if y'all are on TikTok, Eddie be talking. I got a video on my page right now that it's all, it almost got a million views, but it's basically a dude punching his son in the mouth and me talking about how problematic it is while a whole bunch of people are saying that that's a good father and people saying it's better to punch him than to keep him out of jail. It'll keep him out of jail if, you know, they know how the consequences. And you know how many physically abused people go on to be out here doing all kind of fuck shit? That, that, like that don't keep nobody from going to jail. That logic what? is not sound. You know, but and, and you know, I was in a TikTok live the other day where they was like, Yeah, if you you know, you give them the consequences now, then they'll know, you know, about it. What sense does it make to punch somebody in the face because they might get punched in the future? And if that's the case, why wait to discipline them for that? Why not just why not the whole black community just have a ritualistic taking their kids outside once or twice a week and just whooping their ass and being like, now this is just so for the future, just so you know. Why wait for it to be a disciplinary moment? Like, it, the logic is not sound on these people. But, but that you, doesn't work with anything else. You have kids that you tell and they know the consequences of stealing that'll go steal some shit and get in trouble. Like, that doesn't work with anything else. Why would it work with this? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Like... Kids know the consequences of a lot of things that they still decide to go on and do that are like problematic. I don't, people are crazy. Yeah. But yeah, now that one is going to, I feel like it would take a long time. So I'll just save it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, parenting is my thing. And I'm, I'm glad I'm making these, these abusive ass parents mad. <laughs> um, and I'm writing a series now for uh, discipline versus abuse. And uh, last piece. Oh, I got a 40 video series about Kendrick Lamar's song Father Time, where I break down every bar in the song. It's a whole playlist. You should check it out. Anyway, um, you got anything else on your mind? I do not. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla. Mm-hmm.